This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. It's Mike Shope and the Bulldog. I, I don't think that's a very good attitude. It's Mike Shope. You don't think? You don't, you don't think? But I don't think you should be butting in when I'm talking to my team. You're my assistant, okay? You're supposed to back me up and go get me juice boxes when I tell you. Now go get me a juice box. You know who you're talking to? It's the Bulldog. I'm talking to the juice box guy. You're crazy. Well, I'm not crazy. I'm just thirsty. Why don't you go to hell? No, you go to hell. While you're there, why are you grab me a juice box? I'm no juice box boy, I'll tell you that. Yes, you are. No, I'm not. Yes, you it's are. Mike I'm not. Yes, you and are. the Bulldog. No, on WGR Sports Radio 550. What's up? Welcome back. Mike Shope and the Bulldog here. Pleased once again to be joined by Chris Trapasso of CBS Sports on the West Her Hotline. The draft still, I don't know, at least six weeks away. April 27th through the 29th in Kansas City. But, um, you know, in one sense, the draft is always like right next. It's very exciting. And Chris, I imagine you had a great weekend uh, watching these guys, these prospects in Indianapolis. Yeah, definitely. We are 50 days away from the draft. I just figured I would say that to (laughs) get that round number out there. Um, Yeah, last week when we talked, it was right on the eve of all the workouts. Uh, But then just to take everything in, as always, there was uh, some ridiculous workouts from defensive linemen, edge rushers running faster than wide receivers. Um, some of the wide receivers not running quite as fast as people expected. Uh, certainly Anthony Richardson's um, workout stands out. And I think, and I'll kind of tie this back to the Bills, the Jameer Gibbs running back from Alabama, mm. his workout running four three six at 5'9 and 199 pounds, he inserted himself into the round one running back conversation, which could certainly push – some other positions down the board to the Bills at 27. So, Chris, and sorry, Bulldog, I want—I got to jump in here because I wrote down one name, a specific guy I wanted to ask you about today, and it's this guy, uh, Jameer Gibbs. So one of my favorite tape guys to follow is a guy named Jay Moyer. I don't know if you know who he is. Just I met him, connected with him through fantasy. And, Chris, so he, he pointed out, like, people use Alvin Kamara for Gibbs, and I've done that, just sort of echoed what I've read about him in a Camara comp, but Jay Moyer is like, he's faster than Camara. He's not as strong, yeah. but he's faster, so he's different. Who's better to use for Gibbs? Uh, I think it's Jamal Charles. I think there are similar okay. body frames that Jamal Charles, when he was coming out of Texas, was like right around the same size, pretty sleek runner. 
could be used between the tackles like Gibbs was at Alabama this past season and before that at Georgia Tech. But it was really getting to the second and third level of the defense on the outside where Jamal Charles was, for years, one of the most efficient home run hitting backs in all of football. And then with Jameer Gibbs, I think why he's getting the Alvin Kamara comp, 131 receptions in his career. And if Najee Harris and if Travis Etienne can go in back-to-back picks <laughs> in the late first round just two years ago, I think Jameer Gibbs and B. Jan Robinson can be those running backs this year. Now, again, I will advocate I, I do not uh, push for this. I don't think teams should allocate a first-round pick on a running back. But 4-3-6 speed with receiving ability and the ability to play between the tackles like Jameer Gibbs showed in the SEC this past season, I think that screams first-round pick uh, even in today's NFL when that position has been devalued. You know, part of the reason I wouldn't like this idea for the Bills is that they, you know, James Cook is not that fast, but mm-hmm. a lot of that sounds like what Cook, you know, pass catching, of course. Yeah. And, you know, I think he's got maybe a look at being their, their top back this year, depending on what else they end up doing. But they just drafted him in the second round last year. Like, I don't want to, in back-to-back years, go second-round running back and then – even even in the second round, if this guy were to be there, like I don't know, do you, how big a need do you think the Bills have at the running back positions, mm-hmm. Chris? I do not think they have really a big need whatsoever. I think with James Cook, I mean, he quietly averaged almost six yards per carry. We saw some of the receiving ability at times a little bit more later in the season. Uh, Naheem Hines is still under contract, and you traded a late-round pick for him. I, I think they should keep him as well. And then the undrafted free agent ranks, or a super cheap veteran running back, maybe to give you a little bit more size. But just how the Bills are constructed today, and then you factor in uh, that they're always one of the highest percentage of first-down passing teams in the NFL. They're going to throw the football a lot. They should throw the football a lot with Josh Allen. I agree, Bulldog. I don't think they should go Jameer Gibbs or Bijan Robinson in the first round. But like I said earlier, I think it helps to have more – players that could be uh, in the first round conversation that are positions that the Bills probably will not look at in round one. So Gibbs, again, went in probably as a solidified second round pick. And I think there will be some teams that will love that speed, be able to point to that four, three, six and say, Hey, look, let's add this speedy multifaceted weapon to the offense. And they could do so in the first round. With Chris Trapasso, and we'll return to NFL draft talk in just a few seconds. Want to announce here, Syracuse basketball has announced that Jim Beheim is retiring. Whoa. They, they lost today in the ACC tournament. Their season is over. There's been speculation about that. He is 77 years old, and how they did it was in a tweet. It's a picture of Beheim thanking him. He is retiring at uh, as head coach at Syracuse. Pretty big. Okay. You have a thought on him, Chris? Have you ever uh, come across his, his path? I've not, but I think so. Last week there was a couple NHL trades during my interview. Yes, had right. Announced. right. So now maybe like next week during free agency, the Bills will sign someone during my interview. That's well, a that good sign moving forward. That or like Otani will be traded or something. Like yeah, something like not within the NFL realm. You're right. Yes, we'll have to get your thoughts on. It. And Chris came through last week, by the way, in this hockey. We, we, I did the same thing. I stopped, and then over here, he just gave us uh, his takes. So uh, yeah, I it? guess with Bayheim, one quick thing. Obviously, basketball legend, you know, put Syracuse on the map. It has been kind of sad to see that later in his career he's gotten a little ornery um, because <laughs> I think for the longest time he was like a beacon of 
perennial success at a major program at a college not that far from Buffalo. Right on. I mean, of course, a legendary career. Yeah. Okay, let's go a little a step or two further here, Chris, in like positions, strengths, and weaknesses, and how my, that might have changed at the combine. The Bills having to sit near the back of the first round. You're a little without trades. You're a little bit at the mercy of the league, you know. And mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. wonder, like tight end, we've talked about here the last couple of days with what happened with Washington, and you know, even another guy or two like asserted themselves. What in terms of position groups? Who went up, who went down, or what went up, what went down here over the weekend? Well, like I said in the intro, I, I think wide receiver actually sunk a little bit, and you can look at it that two ways and say, well, maybe that means just none of these guys are really that good, or you can say, hey, that's great for the Bills because now Jordan Addison, I think, has a, a, a much better chance to be there at 27. But then again, do the Bills want to draft 5'11", 173, with four four nine speed and and not a ton of explosiveness at the combine, um, and then tight ends. I think we didn't see Dalton Kincaid. Who, if you look around the internet, you'll see that he's kind of the consensus top tight end. Um, he didn't run, but Michael Mayer, who's probably one B to Dalton Kincaid being one A, uh, did test pretty well. He is so sure-handed. He is a great blocker from Notre Dame. He tested well. And the one name that I have not really talked about or written about um, since the combine, Darnell Washington from Georgia. To me, if the board falls a certain way, and like you said, Mike, you know, the Bills are kind of at the mercy of 26 other teams in front of them, uh, that he's kind of like that that under-the-radar pick where I could see the Bills saying, hey, look, there's not a receiver that we like, the interior offensive line group we don't like, or the guys aren't there. He fits the kind of archetype for what the Bills have drafted in general big tall spencer brown uh gregory rousseau tremaine Edmonds, josh allen all these really big specimens six foot seven 264 and he ran 464 in indianapolis no one expected that going into that tight end workout i talked to a few people and they said if he breaks you know 475 they would be ecstatic because he's that big of a player he's almost your sixth offensive lineman when he's out there on the field only caught 45 passes at Georgia, but made some kind of Rob Gronkowski type, uh, you know, run after the catch highlight real plays at Georgia. So he could be someone with the size, with the perceived upside. And now the bills know some big time explosiveness. Darnell Washington would add kind of a fun wrinkle to this offense as originally their tight end too, but I think he could, turn into the premier tight end on this team in a couple of years a man that size running at that speed is in some ways almost terrifying to me like it i just is. can't even really process it that's so fast well it's it's reminiscent of kyle pitts in a sense not that he was this mm-hmm. big but the wingspan like he had the best wingspan ever at the combine for a tight end and this guy passed him but just yeah. like no you have to you have to sort of recalibrate when we're talking about this player Washington, not the, as you went over, Chris, like not the accomplished receiver at at Georgia. Um, One more tight end I want to bring up is a guy named Sam Laporta. Yeah, I love him. Uh, Iowa, also big and probably not as expensive. Yeah, probably second, maybe that would be the highest for him, third or fourth round. Uh, What I'm so big on with tight ends today, the Bills have seen this a little bit with Dawson Knox, but I think they could get more out of it. And I've said this on the show, I think, 10 times. Run after the catch. 
Sam Laporta, watch the Iowa film, just flip on any game, and you will see him take those high-percentage passes, stiff-arm a linebacker, bounce off another tackler, and suddenly it's a 15-yard game. He's not as flashy, quite as athletic as some of the other guys in this class, but I think over a longer period at Iowa, he's made those plays year in and year out. Bills could go in a lot of other different directions. I think we would all agree that tight end probably is not at the top of the priority list. If that's the case, third or fourth round, Sam Laporta, who also did test relatively well for his size, um, would make a lot of sense to add another weapon to the offense, which I do think in general the Bills should do and they ultimately will do in this draft. Chris, circling back to the receiver group you, you kind of alluded to it, it where the bills are sitting like you know maybe it could fall because the guys didn't didn't work out that well they weren't as fast as maybe you know a lot of teams were hoping for so mm-hmm. do you want to spend the 27th pick or the 28th pick whatever we're calling it um on that player if they choose to do something different there whether it's you know one of these ideas or an offensive lineman or a replacement for poyer or Edmonds, who knows what what's the receiver depth like in the class? Like if, if they're to wait until, you know, even as as late as Saturday at some point. Like what 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 kind of value is there moving past like the first three, four, five guys? It's a lot better than it's been in the last couple of years. That's kind of what the difference is, I think, between this year's wide receiver class and 2022, 2021, going back the last few. That there's been this label that all of those classes were really, really good. And that was because of the Jamar chases and the Garrett Wilson's and even the Drake London, um, Henry Ruggs and Jerry Judy, CD lamb. There's not that type, but I really think from where the bills are picking, like Jordan Addison has the profile of a Marquise Brown of a Calvin Ridley. that were all picks in the twenties, the late twenties from there to like the third or fourth round with guys like Jaden Reed that I've mentioned, um, there's a lot of quality players that maybe won't be wide receiver ones, but I don't think necessarily the Bills are looking for that with Stephon Diggs being out there on the roster. So for as much as I have been pushing that I think the Bills need to prioritize weapons, go receiver in the first round, that's before I saw that Jalen Hyatt only ran 4-4 flat when everyone thought he was going to run you know, 4-2. There's a guy named Tyler Scott from Cincinnati that's another track guy. Didn't run as fast as people expected. Suddenly, they can't really tick off those boxes and says, you know, elite speed, elite explosion, it's just not there. So I think they will be available a little bit later in the draft. So some of the guys that going into the combine, we thought, oh, this is going to be five or six receivers in round one. I don't think that's going to be the case. So maybe the Bills could wait until the second day of the draft or maybe, like you mentioned, early on day three. But after the fourth round, I don't think you want to wait that long and and go, you know, with a Khalil Shakir-type pick round five just because the history at that position uh, that late in the draft says that those guys are probably not going to end up really moving the needle that much. Man, wide receiver – I feel like with wide receiver over the last two weeks, we've just shaken up all the dice and just re-rolled them a little yeah. bit. Like like Addison didn't have a good workout, and no. he was the one guy everybody said was be in the first round. Like I I don't know how many guests five five or ten guests. Like he, he's the one name that was always mentioned for the first round. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's still true. You wrote about a guy, Chris. You had that top five guys that moved into the first round at the combine. I think you mentioned Rasheed Rice. Mm-hmm. 
So, yeah, so that's so kind of a newer name. Yeah, he's interesting, and, and I think he's someone that Bills fans should really familiarize themselves with because he's different from a lot of these other wide receivers outside of Quentin Johnston. That, Like I said, Jalen Hyatt from Tennessee, the speedster, measured in really light. Jordan Addison, same thing. A lot of the big names were like under 180 pounds, which is so light. I know the game is smaller and faster. Rasheed Rice, 6'1", 204, ran 4.51, which is not crazy fast, but at that size, it's pretty good. 41-inch vertical, and that was the one worry that I had that a lot of other scouts and people in the league that I've talked to had said, how explosive is he? He had a broken foot that he played through, or a broken toe, I should say, during the season. That apparently just sapped some of his explosion on film. But to me, what the Bills need is that legitimate old-school perimeter-wide receiver that Josh Allen can throw back shoulders to, that he can win as a running back after the catch. I think he's way better than Gabriel Davis after the catch. Maybe never going to be a 100-catch, you know, 1,400-yard player, but could settle in as a number three to start his career and then move into a number two role and does not have to be inside in the slot to be really good in the Bills' offense. How about uh, Marvin Mims? I'm not as big of a fan, but I think if if the Bills and if if any fans are like, hey, the Bills need those separators that can get open, that are a little smaller, they'll sacrifice some of the size for some of the separation ability, I think maybe that could be more of Bulldogs' idea where in the third or the fourth round, Marvin um, Mims – from Oklahoma, who did test pretty well and did show the explosion that he sh- that he demonstrated on film, that's around when he would be available. It's to me always a little bit difficult to get a real grasp on the Big Twelve and especially the Oklahoma wide receivers because that offense is so wide open. The throwing lanes are so big for those quarterbacks, um, and unless you're coming in and you're going to install the air raid offense, that's really bubble screens and four verticals it's hard to get a grasp on how well um, they can run routes, they sell their routes, and get open. So I, I don't love Marvin Mims, but then when you're talking about him as maybe a third or fourth or a fifth-round pick, he's a lot more enticing in that smaller speedster role. One other name that hasn't come up, at least if, if it did, I missed it, and I apologize, Zay Flowers. It's another one of these guys that came in probably under 180, right? I didn't see his official measurement at the combine, but I, I know he was around 170, 175 or something playing in college. Yeah, he admitted that he played in the mid 170s, but he actually bulked up and weighed in at 182 or 183, I believe, at five okay. foot nine. So he, at five nine, 183, you certainly feel better about that than to me, 5'11", 173, like Jordan Addison was. He's more compact. And at this point, I would like Zay Flowers to the Bills at 27, more so than Jordan Addison and a few of the other receivers. Um, with Zay Flowers, I think you get a very well-rounded game. He's not going to you know, be that guy that's going to win in those rebounding situations down the field, but he does play a little bigger than his height. And separation ability, speed, he ran pretty fast. I don't remember the exact number, but I believe it was right around 4-4 four, four flat. Um, I think 4-4-1, four, 4-4-2, four, 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 somewhere in that range. And he's good after the catch. There's suddenness there's quickness to his game uh and just his overall athletic profile and the production that he had over multiple seasons at boston college to me indicates he's worthy of a late first round pick um i would like that selection for buffalo especially after how he tested in indy 183 
Man, I miss 183. I miss I miss 183. <laughs> I miss it. 59183. That sounds pretty good. Well, if I don't know, Mike, are, are we we're close to wrapping up here. Chris, I just want to pump your tires a little bit here. Like first of all, we're grateful for you committing to doing this weekly with us running up to the draft, but the week before the combine, I don't I don't have the tweet here saved, but you said something about Richardson blowing the roof off of the stadium when he worked out and I mean, good he call. Because, I mean, that absolutely happened, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I'll i admit, I didn't think he was going to test as well as he did at that weight. But honestly, watching every snap of Josh Allen's career and just getting a grasp of how a gigantic quarterback, like how they look when they're scrambling, their athleticism, and then watching Richardson and being like, oh, my God, I think he's actually – more sudden and a better just natural runner than Josh Allen when Josh Allen is you know has a case for being the best running quarterback in the NFL in terms of the power the hurtling ability the vision the deceptive speed that's where I kind of came to that conclusion where I was like man this guy looks big he looks very thick and he looks extremely fast and sudden and we certainly saw that from Anthony Richardson I I still think that he is in the running to be the first overall pick if I was Shane Steichen of the Colts I would be leaning in that direction over Bryce Young. Fun to think about all the possible trades there, and maybe yeah. maybe for a few of these teams, Lamar Jackson's status is a wrench in that, what they might want to do. We don't mm-hmm. have time to get into that now, but um, we're all watching to see what happens there. Chris, thank you. We'll talk next week. All right, guys. Thanks a lot. Chris Trapasso of CBS Sports. Wednesdays, between uh, now and the draft, you know, at least usually, the Sabers are playing next Wednesday because I know that because they don't don't play tonight. They are every other day for two weeks, <laughs> starting yesterday. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law. They're every other day exactly for two weeks. Busy times. Busy and important, and I hope they're staying loose. You know, young guys like to think they are, but these are tough losses, especially with the controversy last night. Just 3-2 regulation, when you're, especially against the Islanders, too, a team you're trying to run down. Like the team, I think you're team. trying to run down. Yeah, the team. with the games in hand and just the quality of the team. But they went, they win a lot of games like that game last night.
the Islanders. I mean, they don't always outshoot teams as badly as they outshot Buffalo, but they, they, they win a lot of tight games. Their goalie's really good. We would love to hear from you on the draft or the kick-in last night, the, the playoff chances, Lamar Jackson and the quarterback movement and potential movement around the NFL. So much uh, good fodder right now. 803-0550. Oh, the garbage cake. Sal being angry on his anniversary and having his car towed. He's fine. That's going to be fine. I bet. Sal is just like, you know he's going to turn that frown upside down. You just know it. He did before the segment was five minutes old. He did. That's right. As soon as we pointed out to him, like, this is angry Sal, he was like, he ran away from angry Sal. We were an elixir for him, I believe. I think we helped. Yes. I hope so. All right. So lots to pick from. Let us know what's on your mind. 803-0550 to call in. Mike Shope and the Bulldog here, WGR. It's it's shocking. I, I I don't know how to explain it. I didn't get an explanation, uh, so I don't have an explanation for it. Um, have not seen that happen. So uh, were you, obviously, were you, obviously unfortunate. Were you concerned as the replay review went on that it was going to get overturned because it should have? Of course, there was a concern because I just I just like I said, I've never seen that. So and I and again, I didn't get an explanation, so I can't explain it. But what what, what went on there? So. Sabres coach Don Granado baffled by the <laughs> yeah. call last night. That yep. cost them at least one point. Probably. It's tougher to score when you're down one after that. I mean, especially a team that's good at that. They tighten up. Um, but, you know, you'd like to think you get that game to at least overtime without that call. Right. Yeah, I mean, there's a chance that both teams, like the game goes on for a while from there. Uh, both teams might have started to respect the idea of getting the point even. That's right. why, you know, at this time of the year, you see, you know, plenty of games go to overtime like that because, you know, not, not that they're like, you know, in this case, these teams are battling for maybe the same, well, almost definitely the same spot. Um, although it's conceivable they both could make it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, um, so in that case, maybe is not as, you know, teams aren't as complicit with one another on like, oh, let's just get it to overtime so we each get something out of this. But um, either way, yeah, it was a damaging, <laughs> a damaging call that was made. And I, I, I was so hot about it last night. I watched Granado after the game. Like I wanted to see what he had to say. And, oh, um, that's when, you know, you're in, right? Like you're, you're watching the post game show or listening to Brian and Paul and, and Pat on our post game or, you know, waiting to see the coach, you know, the, the, the Sabres media team, social media team is pretty good about getting that up. I don't know if it's exactly live as it happens. I don't know if I've ever caught it right as it's happening live, but it's pretty quickly. Um, and that's often how I'll watch it. Um, and last night was one of those nights. Like I, I can't, I'm not ready to shut this off yet. I'm so irritated about this. Let me. This happened last Thursday night when, or or two weeks ago, you weren't around uh, when they beat Tampa on that Thursday night in overtime with Labushkin's goal. That was right before I left town uh, for a week, and that was uh, one of those nights. The game ended, and I'm just like, I'm staring at Twitter. Like, everyone's just talking about this game. What a fun game, wild game, big win. Um, Last night was the opposite of that, but same sort of vibe, I guess. Like, I I was ready for more, more content. I kind of want to say my thing again from earlier about the problem we have with this process with replay and everything, but um, I don't know. Is it interesting? Is it like? Is it obvious? Is it is it worth it for me to sort of do that again? Because I, I I want to. I think I think it's the right point, 
And I think it's a point that you don't really hear. Like, whether he kicked it, okay, he kicked it, but that's just always going to you, – you can't extricate that from sports, from hockey, these, these football plays where I mentioned earlier the one in the Super Bowl where the Chiefs returned a fumble for a touchdown, and you and I talked about that, and I thought it was a touchdown, and you thought it wasn't. And, like, I, and both of us thought it I, – I definitely thought it wasn't even close. You thought it wasn't close, and I thought it should have counted. Right. So, you know, reasonable people with some knowledge base, you know. So you're, you're not going to be able to escape what look like bad calls, even with replay. We know this. Replay's been around for decades now, and it still happens. The, the frustrating thing, I think, and the thing that the, the league should immediately fix is the phrase – Distinct kicking motion. Why distinct? Think about it. Why is it dis- why is it called distinct kicking motion? What it does is it it seems to imply that there should be no question. Distinct. We all saw it. It wasn't a kicking motion. It was a distinct kicking motion. You couldn't say it wasn't a kicking motion. And we don't need that. All we need and really should have if we're going to live in a replay world, which there's no getting out of, all we need is an official, okay, the referee, seems like the right, the first choice, to look at it now as opposed to when all this started, you have high def, even on a tablet, you have numerous camera angles all the time, even in hockey. All you need and want, or should want, is the referee to look at the replays and decide which was it. And you don't agree with it, sometimes they'll be wrong. Most of the time it'll just be close. That's it. But when you say distinct kicking motion, you cause one of two problems here. One is you imply it should be obvious, and we go we see this thing last night and we go, well, it wasn't obvious, it wasn't distinct. Football actually uses the word obvious, clear and obvious. It's the NBC guy, most of all, um, Terry McCauley. Well, Al or Mike. Was it clear and obvious? I don't care. I don't need to know. There's Your definition of obvious, like the Super Bowl play, is different than mine. So distinct is not it. Kicked it or not, that's it. You decide and that's it. Distinct, we're all out here going, okay, well, maybe he kicked it or maybe he didn't, but does it meet the standard? Come on. Why make it so much harder to sort of get along here. You add a layer of subjectivity that doesn't help. It, it actually is a hindrance to feeling like you're watching a game where the officiating is competent. Oh, well, it was kicked, but it wasn't this. It, like, clear and obvious, we've all watched so many games we can't even remember where there's a replay and you're like, well, I think maybe, but it isn't obvious, and then they change it. And that's the other thing about last night, Bulldog, is they... They changed it. The replay was convincing enough right. to change the call, and then we're out here going, well, I thought it was supposed to be only when you know 100%. And, like, we don't need that either. Just, this is a close play. However you're going to get there, challenges or a buzzer, or however you're going to get there, you get there. The referee looks at the pictures and decides based on what he thinks happened. And nothing about distinct, and nothing about obvious and nothing about what the call on the ice was. That You don't need it. It just makes it worse. 
So I, was, I asked you if you wanted to hear that. Then that I was all it. worth. That was all worth doing again. And what I'm about to say is not meant to undo any of that, uh, because it, it, it again it was it was worth saying again. And the the distinct kicking motion phrasing in that rule is almost purposeless as far as I'm concerned. What what what's really annoying me about the whole thing is that there is another rule that doesn't say anything about kicking but clearly states that when the puck, I'm going to read the rule. Can I read the rule? Can I, I'll ask, should I read the rule? Yes. I'm going to read the rule. When the puck has been directed, batted, or thrown into the net by an attacking player other than with a stick, when this occurs, if it is deemed to be done deliberately, then the decision shall be no goal. A goal cannot be scored when the puck has been deliberately batted with any part of the attacking player's body into the net. There's nothing vague about that. I guess unless you want to tell me that they looked at that and went, Hudson Foshing didn't deliberately direct that puck into the gaping wide-open net with his leg. But that rule, I, I, I don't know, that didn't even come up on the broadcast Listen, last night that I heard. Devil's advocate, if he's not doing that, can, can it be said that what he's doing, I mean, it's a split second and he's everything's in motion. Can it be said that he wants to stop the puck? Sure. If it goes in the net, like, what does he? He's got he's got space there, so he could be like stop the puck and tap it in. Mm-hmm. And he, he's en route. You know, he just ends up bounces off his leg and goes to the net. Split second. You know, hairline kind of difference. I, I guess to give them any benefit of the doubt, Bulldog. That's what the referee thought. They must have deemed if this was even considered which I'm not assuming it was, but okay. Uh, Toronto, they know all the rules. Maybe they've got them on big dry erase boards all around their room with other bets and things that they do. But um, I'm being facetious, obviously. Hmm. Then then I'm to assume that they decided that he didn't deliberately do that. And okay, why is deliberately in there then? Because what happened, whatever he tried to do, he freaking kicked the puck into the net with his shin. <laughs> he kicked it. So he was trying to catch it like a soccer player would and settled it down and then bat it into the open net. Okay, good try. It didn't work. Yeah, he failed at it. You, you, you missed. I don't care what your intention was. What happened was you turned your leg, lifted it off the ice, kicked toward the net, and the puck went in the net and you won the game. And I'm going to miss the playoff now for a 12th year in a row. Is it 12? Boy, good thing is that your anniversary. Right, Sal, if you're out there? Come on. Holy cow. Sorry. I, uh, th- actually, that felt good. Um, I, I just, that rule, Brian, Brian Colziel was our po- our post-game host, pre-game host with the Sabres. He tweeted that last night. And I, I think, like, maybe knowing that a rule like that exists is why Don Granado watching that happen is like, I've never seen that happen before. And why I'm sitting in my living room last night while they're reviewing that, like, I, I'm I'm lighting up a cigarette, surfing on Twitter, like, hey, what else is going on? Because they're going to just waste five minutes of my life here. This is no goal. <sighs> smoking. I'm not really smoking, but just, you know, just painting a picture for you. And then suddenly it's like, you know, flick the cigarette at the TV. The ashes are flying everywhere, and I'm standing up yelling in my living room. It's like, I cannot believe they're allowing this goal. How do you allow that goal? He kicked it into the net. And you've got a rule that is plainly telling us that that is forbidden. 
No, no distinct nothing. This other rule plainly says you cannot do what he did. And they use the mechanism of instant replay to change the official's call on the ice. Incompetence. It's overwhelming. All this sounds pretty distinct. I would say so. <sighs> got to take a breath here. Yeah, you got to take a breath. You got to ask yourself. You got to ask yourself some questions after this. Oh, I have all the answers. Look in the mirror. I don't need. Do questions. I want my life to be dictated by hockey refs? My emotional state? No. I know. You're working, but you know you were bad last night too. I, this is genuine. This is genuinely mad last night, and I am not playing around right now. That what, what's what's the hole, where's the hole in that rule that they de- again deliberately? I guess that must be it. Bye. Well, you know, if, if maybe it's maybe it's over, but like there's a the Sabers could complain like that could happen today or tomorrow, and then maybe there'll be a, an update on this if you want it <laughs> for peace of mind or whatever it is, but. Um, it's probably pretty much over. Like they're not going to replay the game. Yeah, they're definitely not going to. I that. saw I five seconds of the game. That was it. And I and I, I did like Granado last night. Part of the reason I wanted to watch to see what you know, how 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 mad is he going to be? Because you know I want my coach to be. I guess I'd say exactly like he was last night. I I don't want him doing what I just did. Because like who's you know other than our audience who I hopefully am either you know annoying or exciting by getting all revved up about this, either one just give me a reaction fine. I don't need my hockey coach acting like that. Like I, I don't need a a curse filled news conference from Don Granado because he's got a team to run and they've got a lot of games left and they've got ground to make up and like let's stay you know focused on this because we can't have this thing getting derailed. He even mentioned the team last night was upset on the bench by guys getting high-sticked that weren't called. Thompson and Oposo, I believe, are the two guys that both got high-sticked that the officials just completely missed. In the case of Oposo, Oposo was on the bench bleeding. So, they, And he admitted that the team was sort of out, they were out of sorts about that. Um, so I'm glad he was calm. I have no such obligation. I don't know, though. Aren't you supposed to say that if he's calm like that, it means he doesn't want to win? Like is is well, it? Some, we just had Stefan Diggs. Yeah. We just had that. If he was like, listen, I'm I'm not kidding at all. If Granado had lost his temper in the press conference, anybody dare criticize him for it would have gotten an earful of. Well, don't. What do you want him to not care? Because that's what you. That's the only thing you can say back is you know. Well, he, obviously he cares. I think that's a good thing. He wants to win. He wants. He's competitive. No, you're saying I'm glad he acted like sort of an adult. He didn't go Ken Dorsey after this game, after right. they lost, you know, like smashing things that don't belong to him and, yep. you know, acting like a child. But he plainly got across to me that he didn't agree with what happened. He'd never seen it before. He just couldn't couldn't really understand, didn't get an explanation. And so, like, there's no way he's telling you it's fine, but he also isn't, like, going full John Tortorella or anything. I always say acting like a child. My kids never acted like that. Like, like not even a child. Sort of like a really bad kid would be what the comparison is. Like a little kid who just is completely out of control, terrorizing the situation. You know, that's what that's the cop. It's not like most kids don't just run around smashing stuff all the time and screaming, right? 
Not usually. Not yeah. usually. No, that's right. My, my experience is similar. Yeah. Time out here. Mike Schopen, the Bulldog, right back after this on WGR. All right, I guess we went long the last time here a few minutes ago because it's already time for a commercial. <laughs> well, it's because I was yelling. Do you know about the first time I ever spoke with Jim Beheim? What this story is? Yes, I do. I, oh, I would really... Man, I'd really like to try to... Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Take a run at nailing it. I feel like... Like the last time this came up, I said I'm familiar, but I don't know it. Now I I feel like I really I feel like I really know it. It might have been my first anything moment ever as a talk show host. Mm-hmm. So it's Rochester and Beheim was on. He was definitely a good get for for me, and I'd never spoken to him before. I'm not sure I'd ever even been to Syracuse by this time, but. He came on and just having, you know, a yeah. simple enough conversation. I was probably really nervous. And I mentioned something about like our listeners and callers. Uh-huh. And he goes, the line was, You're calling a radio show. What's your job? Where are you? What are you doing? Those are the 10 words. Yeah. Jed Bartlett would be impressed that were the 10 words. Those were the 10 words. Yeah. You're calling a sports radio show. What's your job? Where are you? What are you doing? You know, like very dismissive. Cool. Yeah, right. Did, I mean, yeah. How about just come over here and punch everybody listening to the show right now? Like, just <laughs> why not just do that? Right. It's just so awful. Like, right. just the complete insult to anybody who likes sports enough to want to listen to a conversation about it, including in this case involving him. 
Like he yeah. was on the show as a guest and just like, what are you doing with your life? With your you're, life, you're if you're even this. listening to this, right? Let alone responding to it, right? Like those are his fans. Yeah, yeah. Here, all right. That that I remember that. I'm confusing this story with another story, and I I don't want to say the name because I'm not sure who it was, but I feel like it's a famous basketball coach, maybe Shashevsky, and he was oh. getting your name wrong. No, no, no. I, I'll tell you that story in a minute. That, that's okay. that's good. That's good. Okay. That involves uh, Coach K. That's my Coach K story. Like Beheim, I think was first, but I got linked up with with. Uh, like a publisher, a publishing company. Mm-hmm. So we had Jim Calhoun. I had Jim Calhoun on, Rick Pitino, Coach K. They all had books. If they had a book out, like I would right. get it, I would be in the rotation. Um, and I think it was a good time of day for them, like mid morning when I was on mm-hmm. there. But I just remember like Beheim was just completely insulted, basically his fans, you know, who like are his biggest fans, you know, or most most avid fans, people who would listen to sports radio. So you know, I'll, I'll uh, maybe never forget that. All right, I'll tell you that Coach K story, though. It's kind of good. 803-0550. The Sabres loss, the NFL draft, everything else we've been talking about, Lamar Jackson, and there'll be a lot free agency coming up here, a lot of movement here involving the Bills and every NFL team over the next week plus. Mike Shope and the Bulldog, your hosts. This is WGR. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 